I love you like peaches You're as sweet as can be I love you like peaches You got me up in a tree Oh, we're starting. Hello! Episode... Dos, as they say in Spanish. Episode de doce. How's your week going? Good. You've had off the past two days? I have. I worked the rest of this week. Dude, we had a party of 50 people out at the island the other day. Okay, so for people who don't know, I work at a ranch, a dude ranch called Paws Up. Um, it's a luxury resort. And I work at an island, a private island they own, where we have like a Malibu uh, for water skiing, wakeboarding, surfing, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, a bay liner for tubing. And then we have like six jet skis out there, a pontoon boat, a bunch of kayaks, paddles, pedal boards, stuff like that. We do a full service. There's a chef. Um, and a bartender and a host who kind of shows you around and everything like that. And the other day we had 48 people out there and they all wanted to do everything all at one time. And what's a regular party size? 10. Why was it so big? One family rented it out just for the whole... And you, But you guys can accommodate that many or is that not exactly... No, we can definitely accommodate. We can accommodate. There's been parties of like 120 out there. It's just a lot of people out there. Right. But I remember we were out there, and I was going over to pick up a guy, because obviously all 48 don't really come at the same time. They're kind of coming in cycles, but there was mm-hmm. one gentleman who was coming over um, who was late because his flight had been canceled. He had like a four-hour layover in San Francisco or something like that, so mm-hmm. he had just gotten in. Mm-hmm. And I went over to pick him up, and he's like, yeah, um, I'm actually the fiancé of one of the daughters over there. Um this is my first time meeting the whole family. <laughs> but previously, before he had even got there, he had been at a bachelor and wedding weekend mm-hmm. where he was like doing the whole hoedown, lowdown, getting drunk, doing his thing. And the weekend before that was his bachelor party. Mm-hmm. So he's on this bender, right? Bending, 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 just getting drunk, kind of doing his own thing. And then he has to go. After this four-hour labor, after being hungover, being up to, like, getting up at his flight at, at four and being out the night before, he has to go and meet 44 he, new people. He and his fiance <laughs> got engaged, and he had they had never met any of them? He had only met four members of the family, and it was the immediate family, I think. Is that strange? Well, my guess oh, is what happened... Oh, immediate family. Is so, like, like he, he met was, her parents. Yeah. Okay. But he was just meeting... All like the cousins, forty-four and the, other right. people that are in the family. One day. While he has like peak angst from yes going on multiple vendors, and I, he was like, "Yeah, man, I'm doing all right." He's like laughing, but you can tell he's like, "This is gonna be a lot of work." <laughs> act normal, act normal. Like when I'm high, yeah. am I being weird? Am I being weird? <laughs> I think I'm being weird. Can people tell? I'm well, high? I was listening to Jesselnick talk about this. Mm-hmm. And Rosenthal on their podcast, and he's talking about how he was going to go home to, like, his family for a vacation, which, truthfully, when you go home to go visit family, it's not a vacation. Mm-mm. As he describes it, it's a different kind of work. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's just a work. So I guess you build, keep those relationships don't feel as bad when they die, is what he said. Oh, my God. I, every <laughs> single time we go home... Every single time we go home to meet our parents since for a while, and if I'm talking to a guy or I'm dating a guy, as soon as I get home, they're like, 
you're acting weird. Even if it's over text, we're talking on the yeah. phone. They're like, what's wrong? You're acting so weird. Okay, let me ask you this. Let's say you are dating a girl for six months, eight months. Okay. And have you ever dated a girl that long? No. Not for one continuous. Mm-hmm. You really, really like her. And you take her home. And at the end of the what weekend, week, whatever, someone pulls you aside, myself, mom, or maybe multiple people, and they, they present to you multiple serious red flags that you might have been blindsided by. Do you stay with the person? But that's such a broad question, because what are the red flags? Okay, hypothetically, what are the red flags? Um, she's a vegan. I guess you would have already known that. I would have that. known that. If we're dating for six, eight months, I'd know. Okay, you would have already known that. Okay. What if she was, like, really flirty with dad or something? Like, That's absolutely... <laughs> I'm noticing that right away. That's not flying past my, like, blinders. <laughs> That's not going over my head at all. Wouldn't that be a deal breaker? Yes, that would be a deal breaker. <laughs> you can't, like, flirt with my parents like that. If I'm, We're, like, trying to start a relationship. They're what married. If, what if she's flirting with mom? That's still weird. But that would be harder to figure out. I know. So what if then one of us came to you and just said we don't have a good feeling, we can't put our finger on it? And it's more just, like, open-ended and, like, there's just something about her that's off. Then I would introduce her to other friends and ask their opinion. How important or how soon when you're seeing someone do you introduce and get the opinion of your friends because I think it's personally I think it's so important but you can't do it too quickly couple weeks a couple weeks that's like a couple dates yeah would you be afraid that that would scare the person off I think two dates because then you two dates you're really into the person then you go and is it like hey spontaneously we're gonna go hang out with my friends to kind of see how she interacts I think it just depends Whatever, I don't think it doesn't really matter what the situation is, but usually it's just, like, it'd either be, like, like, a great example would be, like, going to, like, a beach day with, like, friends, you know? Where they're bringing, you know, there's girls mm-hmm. coming, mm-hmm. and it's my buddies, and mm-hmm. then it's, like, their kind of girlfriends, and then she's going to come along, and everyone can kind of mm-hmm. see how we feel about mm-hmm. this. But I'm going to bring, like, those friends that I trust their opinions of, if, I, if possible. Like, I'd bring, like, a sunny, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a group of, like, five guys and five girls. I think is the best way because in a group like that size what ends up happening is there's always a smaller groups that break off so then you can really get to know someone and intimately talk to them when you have a group of 10 you're just like kind of sitting around then someone's going to overtake that conversation whoever is the most verbose or whatever it may be or the funniest or loudest or whatever but also like in a beach situation they can come in the groups of three and then they can really see what they're like on a one-on-one scale to see how they really interact or you see if you have a latch on your hands yeah sometimes either the person latches onto you or they latch onto one of your friends and then your friend is stuck babysitting them the whole day yeah you want someone who can kind of bounce off at least i do it's a good way to read people it's a really good way to read people so i think there's it's a fine line you don't want to do it too soon because then it because then if you're if you're actively dating then you're bringing someone around a lot mm-hmm. and that could be kind of annoying mm-hmm. but you don't want to do it too late because then you could develop feelings and then you could get your heart broken by your friends if they're like mm, it's a no for me dog <laughs> what are first date deal breakers 
Like you go on, like you, you know what I mean? Let's say you go, okay, how about this? Let's say you go, you're going to dinner. Mm-hmm. Right. So the date is dinner. The date is dinner. Classy. You just, you met him. Let's say you met him at the gym. Your eyes are just passing by. Mm-hmm. You exchanged word for like five minutes. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, can I give you a number? He's like, yeah, yeah, I can get you. You can get my number. You know and then you guys go your separate ways. I have a no gym role, though. <sighs> You met him on a walk. <laughs> we I was on a walk in the park and we met Todd. But you know what? He was it's, doing chakras it's... in the park. <laughs> What's up? It just, if it ever goes sour, you have to then continue to see that person. Yeah, but you're strong because you're at the gym. Right, but then it's like this thing in the back of your head. Either, oh, I went on one date and it was awkward. I guess you could get over that. But if it was multiple and then something goes awry. Who do you think leaves the gym, though? Mm Hmm? You know what I mean? So, like, let's say you go on this bad, awkward first day, whatever. It's weird. Now you both are going to the same gym. Oh, no, no, no. It's like a custody battle. So, I had a hard and fast rule. And then I broke the rule. You did? I did. And then, thankfully, it just so happened that my time in this location had expired, so I was no longer going to this gym. But I legitimately was going to be like, someone has to change gyms. We can't go to the same gym. It's You're going to, we're going to ruin each other's workouts. Okay, so I meet this individual on a walk. So you meet this individual on a walk. And he asks me to dinner. Boring, but okay. Yeah. Well, now it's... My real question was, like, when you go to the gym, like, what? who picks the gym? Oh, well, I just answered that for I you. I know. I think I have, on the subject of dinner, though, I think I'm, I think I might be over the dinner date or the drinks date. And I didn't ever think of this before. But, but why the dinner date? Because I think there's something very non-natural about going to a place where you're immobile, you're basically stuck there, you're staring at this person across the table or next to them at a bar into each other's eyes for a specific amount of time and everyone knows it's like this has to go up for at least an hour to an hour and a half and you're basically just interviewing the other person. What I've always said is I like an activity because then it kind of keeps the conversation going, there's something to talk about, you're not staring directly into the person and if it's going really bad, you can pretend to be interested in the baseball game or the bike ride that you guys are on. Yeah. But it's just not fun to talk to someone when they're wheezing. <laughs> so, okay, don't do something active. But I have very often, because you and I can both kind of talk to a wall, I think on dates. Yeah, but I that- don't want to... <laughs> I don't want a wall to talk to. No, no, no. But this is what I'm saying. If the date isn't going well, I go, well, now this is getting weird. But I know I can keep the conversation going. So I think I'm falsely, like, almost... So you want a safety over net. Overcompensating and flirting because I don't want to sit there in awkward silence. So it might appear that I'm having more fun than I actually am. Yeah, but then you're just giving them, like, the wrong signal. Correct. But that wouldn't happen if we were doing something active because then I would just kind of clam up I think and just enjoy whatever the activity is like you were saying if you if you want to take you wanted to take that girl out and you wanted to go rent uh dirt bikes yeah sick 
And you and I said, that's an expensive date, Jared. And you said, so? Because I'm still going to have fun whether I like the girl or not. That's true. Unless she hurts herself. That would be such a bummer. Oh, that would be such a bummer. Can you imagine like going on a first date and then you're like, I don't like this person. Mm-hmm. And then you go, oh, this person got injured on my first date. What now was that? Oh, did you ever watch um, Love Story on Amazon Prime? No. So there was this one where they were on a first date and they get back to his new apartment and they're fooling around a little bit and he tries to do something cool while she's in the bathroom kind of getting mm-hmm. ready for the and the he, main event. And he breaks a, the wine bottle and hits an artery. <laughs> <laughs> and so their first date is, is spent... In the emergency room, effectively. I turned that wine into blood, bitch. <laughs> it was... Uh, they call me Jesus. That's a really good show, though. If anyone needs a recommendation on a new show to watch, uh, my mom is the pickiest show watcher of all time, and we binged it together. Yeah, but she likes something, that means it's good. Yeah. Regardless I, of like what the scenario is or anything, it's I, not like if she, oh it's all about Jesus and it was really about his. No, life. no, no. She just no, likes it's quality good, it's good. television. She really liked Unorthodox. She's pretty snobby that way. She, I she pre- used to oh remember how she was so goes. I watched this movie twice and I never watched movies twice. <laughs> she doesn't okay. sound like that at all. No, <laughs> she has no southern twang. <laughs> she doesn't, but she hides her Wisconsin accent well. Don't you know I watched it? I can't. Don't you like, know I watched it like twice? Weird German Minnesota. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh jeez. Also sound a little bit Swedish there. Swedish. Swedish. So I met a guy named Tony today. Okay. God, I've just been bursting at the seams to tell this story. This is a story about how you do things for other people, but it's really for yourself because it makes you feel better. Hundred percent, and that's why people volunteer <laughs> because they need to feel good about themselves after they won in. So I was going to Chipotle today mm-hmm. before I ate my laundry to get some food, mm-hmm. and I saw this kid on the side of the road, and he, the sign said something like "Hungry, broke, stay cool," or I don't remember something like that. And he had like a little smiley face on it, and I didn't have any cash, and then so I drove by past him without even thinking about. It. I was like, "Oh, I can actually buy him." Just food with a credit card. I don't have to just give him cash and make him wander. <laughs> so I, I turned around and I went and I picked him up and I rolled down the window. I was like, I don't know how, how to be because like, uh, are you hungry? <laughs> and he was like, what? Oh, he's like, I was like, are you hungry? He's like, it says so on the sign. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all right, get in. Let's go to Chipotle. You picked this person up? Yeah. So I picked him up. With his sign? Yeah, the Did sign came like, with <laughs> us. He <laughs> had to, like, fold up the sign and put it. Yeah, he folded it on the creases. You know, he's got one crease, you know. Mm-hmm. Sam, no. One hot dog, one <laughs> hamburger, whatever the teachers used to say. And so I picked this kid up, and he, I was like, oh, so where are you from? He's like, oh, I'm from Seattle, but... This is super sad. I was like, you're from Seattle, but my dad had pretty much beat the shit out of me and kicked me out when I was 15, so I've kind of been traveling around since then. I was like... So it's just starting on a really high note right now. Good friendship. <laughs> I was like, that's crazy, man. Like, uh, he's, he's just been traveling around. He's like, yeah, man. He told me how he went to high school and he even tried college, but he's like, he just, you know, couldn't pay for it. Uh, how old was he? You know, I don't know. His name was Tony, though. Okay. Um, 
So anyways, we went to Chipotle. He's like, yeah, man, I've... We were leaving Chipotle after I, like, I was like, oh, yeah, get a bowl because you don't eat, like, a tortilla. It's, like, more food. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I do. Like, because he's never really been in there. He's kind of confused about what's going on. And he had never been in a Chipotle. Well, he walked the wrong... Like, you know how there's a line going yeah. on Chipotle? Well, there wasn't really a line, so we went to the right, and I was like, bud, this way. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, I'm in my bed. So we get out there. We both get our bowls. He orders before me, and then I get whatever I want. And then I go, and I pay. And we're leaving and rocking away, and he's like... You know, I've never actually been into a Chipotle and paid for anything. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he goes like, oh, no, I just had my, my girlfriend. I used to go there late. She used to make me my burritos and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool, man. She's like, yeah, I used to have the same thing with uh, Applebee's, but we didn't work out. <laughs> I mean, people say that they date people for the perks. Yeah, right? And then I took him back to his spot. So he continued to panhandle? No, I took, yeah, well, he's like, he was like, I was like, where should I drop you off at? He's like, just drop me back off by like the corner, and like, pick me up at the intersection. I was like, all right, cool. So I do that, and then I loop around, and I remembered that before that he was talking about, he was in it with uh, like a group of people, they're like in a van doing like the 60s, we're just rolling down the highway mm-hmm. and panhandling for gas money and food and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming around the corner of the gas station, he had ended up walking back over there. I'm assuming he didn't want to tell me where he lived because. I'm as much as a stranger as he is to me, you, you know? You could be an ex-murderer who <laughs> I fancies could be. Tony's. For, yeah, specifically Tony's. <laughs> Pacifically. Pacifically. And I go by and his car's right there. There's a van and all these dudes are like getting out of the van. They're like, what's up? He's like, check it out. <laughs> that was cool. Anyways, that's my story about me. To make myself feel Was better. he appreciative or do you think that that He happened? was very appreciative. He, he was, was really nice. Yeah, yeah. He was a super kind guy. He likes to... Bakes his money um, doing, like, street performances and stuff. And he also does carpentry work, I guess. And, uh, and he's just going from town to town? Or do you think he was going to kind of stay put no, in he's. I guess he's been going from town to town. He's traveled like this before. The people he was with at the moment, I guess, hadn't. But he's saying he's done, like, the whole up and down the East Coast, I guess. He's been all the way back to, out there and back. He's been all up and down the West Coast. And this trip... I forget what he said they were trying to get to, but they're trying to get to somewhere. So, pretty interesting, though. Okay. I, mm, mm, this is controversial. Uh-huh. It's kind of cool. What? What is it that they're doing? Yeah, it's super yeah. Cool. It's very commendable. I mean, it's pretty hard to do. It's I, very hard to do, actually. I just think, like, the life experience he's going to get... He's met a lot of people. Right? And just... If he... I know it's really sad what happened with he's him He's definitely met dad. more people than he's had showers. <clears throat> I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> what did he look like? Just a regular dude. Honestly. like Really? I mean... He looked a little like dirty, but no more dirty than you or I do would look like when we get up in the morning. Yeah. He's had a hat on. Yeah. Tank top. He was just wearing black shorts and a black shirt and he was had like black slides on and he was just holding a sign with a smiley face on it tony yeah so how was butte uh we were only in butte for like two hours really yeah we just drove through and then we went to bozeman and we were in bozeman for the night uh 
I was very surprised because we got to Bozeman and we like settled into our place mm-hmm. and it was pretty late. It was like 11 o'clock and Colton looks at me and he goes, so we going out or what? And this boy does not drink alcohol. So I was very, yeah. I was very caught off guard and I was like out, like out, out. And he was like, yep, we're going to the bars. And I was like, okay. He drank mocktails all night long. <laughs> <laughs> What's his mocktail of choice? Um, he'll do like a gimlet. He'll do like uh he did a alcohol free mojito. Honestly, anything sugary, he just likes to and then I guess he likes the appearance that he's drinking, but he just doesn't I think it's I don't know if he really cares about the appearance. If I if, my bet is if we were to ask him mm-hmm. why he gets mocktails, mm-hmm. it's so people don't go, Why are you not drinking? Because I bet that question Isn't got... Isn't that he likes the appearance? So old. He wants the appearance? Yeah. You know what he told me, which I thought was very interesting? Because we were talking about dating, and he was venting to me kind of a little bit in the car. This is my friend Colton, who I actually... If we ever have guests on the podcast, I want him to be our first guest. Okay. <laughs> um, so he, I met him here in Missoula. He's great. Uh, he's born and raised in Montana. Um, just a wonderful human being. But I asked him, I said, because the first time I reached out, I, I proposed that we get a drink and he immediately said, I don't drink, but I'd love to get a mocktail or coffee or something. Mm-hmm. And I said, coffee it is. And we, we got breakfast, whatever. But I said, does that ever hinder or like throw people off when, you know, in the dating scene, especially someone asks you to go out and then it's just not common that people don't drink. And he goes, yeah, all the time, but the more you say it, the more it's just, like, kind of your spiel, and you just kind of get over it. Yeah. But he goes, but 99.9% of the time, when I say I don't drink, the first thing people say back to me is, can you guess? Boring. No. Good for you? No. Righteous. (laughs) (laughs) No, he says... Every single time I say that, people's immediate rebuttal is, oh, yeah, I don't drink that much either. Because I go, oh, it's interesting. I didn't say that back. And then he goes, yes, you did. And I said, no, because we had it over DM, so I had the receipts. And that's what I I didn't say that that time. He contends that when we were at breakfast, he said it again. And I said, oh, I don't drink that much. And I still believe I wouldn't have said that because, A, it's just not true. And B, I literally told him, I go, I was hung over at breakfast in the night before. So that's just clearly not the case. <laughs> but people oftentimes, I think, just have an automatic response to things. You could have said it without even knowing. True. Because you're just like trying a, to... Like a reflex. Yeah. Trying to make him feel comfortable. I was thinking about this the other day, and I was talking to you about this, is how those um, Orthodox Jews, mm-hmm. those really that really those really wealthy people, mm-hmm. I can't remember what they're called or the name... Of the show, but what is it? Oh, it's called My Orthodox, My Unorthodox Life. Yeah, okay. They're ultra-Orthodox Jews. That's what they're called. So, when they were Jewish, Mm -hmm. or not when Uh, they were Jewish, sorry, when they were in the the, the Orthodox community. Yeah, in the Orthodox community, and that's how they were being raised. They did not talk how they talk now. Now they talk like they're from the valley, and like, it's just really hard to like see that like when you're doing this to me, it's like hurting my feelings, <laughs> and I just don't think you're taking that account when you're like thinking about your decisions and writing this book, and you just know that that is not how they talked before. Mm-hmm. People were just like, 
molding into whatever fits and what is around them. I mean, isn't that... This is silly, but isn't that accents? But you only get an accent because you are legitimately mimicking your parents or your peers or whoever you're surrounded with at birth, right? Yeah, but see, here's the thing. So an accent, like, will develop at birth, right? And then you can, I guess you can lose it. But these are new accents. Right. But that doesn't usually happen that way, I feel like. You know what I mean? It's not... Because when you're young... Don't we all know the person who went and studied abroad and they tried to create this little, like, Australian or British accent? No. Okay. Well, I do. And I always found that extremely perplexing why you would... Because everyone knows you're American. Yeah, but also, I guess, to be fair as well, coming out here and, like, listening to how other people talk, especially if I'm around Southern people, mm-hmm. like, if I'm around people that are from South Carolina or Virginia or something like that, I'll start talking with a Southern accent, you know what I'm saying? And I, that's just, it just happens. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so, so why, you're not, so you are blaming these people or you aren't blaming these people? Or you're well, just saying I just they're feel a like they're not there. Because, yeah. yeah, when I go home to Wisconsin, I definitely start elongating my words. Or, like, my friend Jeff, he's uh, he's a trainer in New York City. Mm-hmm. I hope he's listening right now. I've noticed, because he I met him teaching at Switch in Soho, so it's... The predominant demographic is rich people, mm-hmm. and so he speaks a certain way there. Mm-hmm. And then I will go, like, see him hanging around his friends... And let me tell you, the vernacular and the way that he talks are night and day. (laughs) And it's just adapting to your surroundings. But is that subconscious? Is that because we're trying to people please or fit in or I don't know, or make people like us? I think it's a fit in thing. Just like a blend in thing? Yeah. I think people mold to what's around them because, you know, you want to be a part of the unit. You want to be a part of the tribe and the tribe talks like this. Mm -hmm. So you talk like this. Mm -hmm. Especially in like when I was in my fraternity, mm-hmm. we all, we had a certain vernacular that only like, that's how we talked and it would sound almost like gobbledygook to some people. Oh, when you would come home from college from time to time, you had these words. These sayings and they you make no could sense. not even, most of the time you can deduce what a saying is yeah. if you really think about it. This, I would think the antithesis most of the time, <laughs> or I wouldn't even have like a ballpark guess. Yeah. But it was fun because... Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a part of this group. This is our like little. It's like it's very similar to when you were a kid and you made up a secret language. People are always all about their individuality, and like, oh, this is like this is my person. This is my being. But it's like really, you're just grabbing things from places and then you're putting your personality together like that. You know what I mean? Totally. I was thinking about I mean... that today in the car, and I was thinking about um, a Ram Dass quote. Where he says, <clears throat> I'm not teaching you anything that you already don't know. Which he's basically talking about like when he's doing like these speeches and talks about things. How you, when we say things, it's not like you're learning a new concept. You're like, oh yeah, I, I get that because I know it. But then like he's saying it in a different way, so it makes more sense. But I thought about that because that's a quote. Because I was having one of like an artificial conversation in my head mm-hmm. of like... <laughs> I don't know, with some other person or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I grabbed that quote for the artificial conversation in my head, and I was like, wow, everything that I'm, like, putting together for the ideas are just from somewhere else. You know what I mean? I think you can be, you can grow up the way that you grow up, but if you do have an innate curiosity, you can break outside of that. So it's not to 
it's not to completely fault them, but it's also not to completely, uh, they're not completely... Absolved. Like when the Nazis, after the Nazis lost, um, I remember there, I read this, that there's U.S. reporters maybe or something like that, that went over to Germany and asked, like, did you support what the Germans were doing at the time? And every single person said no, or a high majority did. Mm-hmm. And then they realized, like, well, obviously, to a certain extent, no, because you were doing what they asked you to do, but it's that mentality of just, like, kind of fitting in, even going full circle again, and, like, fitting in with the crowd and doing what you're supposed to do, because standing out is so much more difficult. That's that, uh, that's that really famous psychological experiment, the prisoners versus the guards. Oh, yeah. Um, what is that called? Let's look that up before we sound extra. <clears throat> I think it's just the... Pr- I would just type in... Stanford prison. prison Experiment? Yeah. And so for those who don't know, uh, it happened back in the early 1900s or mid-1900s, but they took a group of individuals. Oh, no. It was, it was later than that. It was in 71, yeah. Okay. Sorry. 71. So they took a group of individuals and they broke them out and they basically, like, randomly made half of the group prisoner guards in this fake prison and half of them prisoners for i don't know how long but an extended period of time where it was from august 14th to august 20th and they had to cut it short i remember that because it got too gruesome because it got too intense yeah but basically yeah these people because of like the life just the situation that they were put in these these guards started getting extremely, extremely violent with the prisoners and taking advantage of their status at the prison and were, like, humiliating them, beating them, even in, like, completely forgetting and foregoing the fact that they were in a fake prison. They started treating them like they were actually murderers and pedophiles. It's wild. Or that experiment where... Um... The other person's on the other side of the wall and they think they're administering those electric shocks. Oh, yes. I do remember what you're talking about. And it's but just it's someone really, on the other side screaming, but it's a, screaming, fake, it's a it's fake, fake recording. And, and the, and the uh, person who's giving the test keeps telling the to individual to turn it up higher, even though they can hear that the person's in pain. And oftentimes they keep going. And oftentimes they would keep going all the way to past like what was almost lethal because they just wanted to fit in and be be liked by the person that was like right next to them i guess the milgram experiment Mm -hmm. so that was um the milgram experiment on obedience to authority was a series of social psychological experiments conducted by yale university psychiatrist stanley milgram so yeah i think even back to the accents conversation i think it's trying to appease they have a netflix movie called the experimenter Stanley Milgram story. Which we will be watching this evening after we get food. (laughs) Can't wait. Um, Wow. Yeah. We get. (laughs) But also, another, like, a real-life version of this was... um, I mean, those were both real. No, 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 no. I mean, not an experiment, but where this showed in day-to-day and there was a huge trial was, I can't think of the Afghanistan it was, it was what was that prison that the US had and they were doing horrific things to the prisoners of war like stripping them down like oh, oh. what was that called <clears throat> um ABU space GHRAIB mm-hmm. torture and prisoner abuse the detainees 
in the prison in Iraq, including included physical and sexual abuse, torture, rape, sodomy, and the killing of one of the prisoners. The abuse came to public attention. Uh, photographers uh, uh, came to public attention because of photographers of the abuse, um, and it was came out by CBS News on April two thousand four. The incident caused shock and outrage, receiving widespread condemnation within the United States and internationally. And then there's a picture that's very famous of a guy. He's dressed up in what looks like kind of like a KKK hood. Looks very KKK adjacent. And then it just looks like a uh, like a shawl or something they cut in the middle of it. And it looks like they're electrocuting him on a box. And then also, you know, I guess Guantanamo Bay. But <clears throat> That's what I was trying to think of is Guantanamo well, they, Bay this whole time. They still hold prisoners there, I believe. Yeah, but I don't think that they're, well, I don't know if they're waterboarding people. I know they say that they don't, but I'm sh- I'm quite certain they probably still do. Oh, I don't know what goes on. I, I'm not that well informed. But I would love to know what the common or the average individual, mm, maybe not even the average, someone who is attuned and stays up, like relatively up to date on current uh, like affairs. Mm-hmm. How little or what percentage we actually know of the inner workings of what's going on in the grand scale of international politics, American politics, and just like really what people's motives and. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's getting relatively conspiratory, though. Which we love. I mean, I'm not necessarily in that boat, no. I am, folks. I love it. (laughs) I think it's fascinating. What is? Give me a conspiracy that you really believe. Um, that I really truly believe? I don't really truly believe in any conspiracy. I think it's like I don't have reason enough to not believe and I don't have reason enough to believe. Mm, pick a side. I just think that's interesting. For example, 9-11. Mm-hmm. Very run-of-the-mill conspira- conspiracy. Yeah, okay. I don't believe any one of the conspiracy, the conspiracies um, conclusions. What I can say definitively is that there's a lot of question marks surrounding that day, and I do not think we are being told the entire story. Yeah, probably. I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. You just said probably the same way I'm saying probably the same way that I don't have like enough evidence to. Confirm nor deny. I don't have it in the inverse either. I don't know. I watched the videos and I watched two planes crash into a building. Into two buildings. I'm not even saying planes. I don't know. There's more than that. Or... I mean, I get the whole day of 9-11. Like, I watched a documentary about it, how Mm -hmm. they were super out of order and disorganized. Because none of, like, even the National Guard had any, like, planes to defend any, like, incoming attack. Because they never thought that would happen. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember but, the war room being a whole kerfuffle because you couldn't hear anything and you, you could only watch the news, but then you also had to like radio in on the same. Mm-hmm. You would, or sorry, no, you could only watch the news. There's only one television, so you could watch the news and then you had to put something else up there. You couldn't watch both at the same time or that George W. was up in the air while it was happening. Correct. Or that or, there's no official footage of the plane hitting the Pentagon. There's only this one... Um, only this one security camera from like really far away and what that is perceived at is actually a missile, not a plane. 
Or yeah. that the same day that what it happened, happened the, no. or the same day that it happened, they were the U.S. military was practicing for a semi-identical instance. Yeah, I don't know about that. I would. I've, I'm just talking about the facts of them being disorganized because I didn't think an attack could happen on U.S. soil. Not yeah. that they're discounting an entire plane of people and they're saying it's a missile. That another plane just disappeared. Potentially. That's so ridiculous. I don't know. I'm, and this is what I'm saying. I'm just saying. You can't have a plane of people just disappear like that. Have you ever seen Lost? It's a not. A, it's a fiction show. It's not real. Or what about the Malaysian flight two two eight two two seven? It went into the ocean. It didn't crash on the land, Matt. This that one could have went into the ocean too. You're being ridiculous. <laughs> I just think I don't know. I think people we get the more. I just don't think people can keep secrets for that long. What about JFK assassination? They have a specific date. When they made gonna, a movie about it. When they're going to release the actual, <laughs> uh, uh, the actual like, facts, but it it's going to be released after everyone who, um, would have anything to say about it is dead. That you can look up. They made a movie about it. It's called The Irishman. I never saw it. <laughs> well, it's, it's not really about that, but it, it talks seemed, about how the mob was involved. Very long. It was very long, but it was very, very good. Seemed very long. Um, anyway, so I'm into conspiracies. I just don't think people can take keep secrets for that long. Okay, what about the conspiracy of this is all a simulation type thing? Less. No one has the answer to that. I know, but that's still a conspiracy. I think that's just a theory. I don't think that's conspiracy. Look up the definition of conspiracy. A secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. That is not a theory. Okay, you're right. That's not a theory. Okay, that's a conspiracy. Okay. I never actually knew the definition, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You said, I love conspiracies, which basically means that you said, I love something I do not understand. Something I don't know the definition of. <laughs> That's pretty nuts, dude. I'm gonna pee my pants. I wanna be honest. You're just like, yeah, dude, I'm really into things I don't get. Especially this word that I'm talking about right now. <laughs> we'll start there. I think conspiracy is a conspiracy. You're ridiculous. No. I met, I, I really truly thought the definition of conspiracy was like an underground plot yeah i did not know it was i thought it was just i guess it ended at underground plot i did not realize it ended at uh to like harm the general population i thought it was just an underground thought that's not wildly accepted as like fact no it's unlawful or harmful i didn't know the unlawful or harmful yeah get owned pwned I don't know, man. My friends, some of my friends are really into Bob Lazar. I guess that's been proved to be true now. The guy that talks about aliens. I mean, everyone is just like, all of a sudden we went from no, and now everyone's just like, yeah, aliens, duh. Yeah, everyone accepted that in really good stride. To be fair, I think a lot of people talked about this already, but it was a pretty good year to be like, "Mm, some other crazy shit, too. Because it kind of just like swept under the rug. It's like... I, no, I mean, if this was conspiratorial, or I guess, I don't know if the government's doing it in 
or they're just trying to normalize it real quick, this would have been a perfect year to be like, and by the way, also... You know, I think I think that they're way more underprepared, and it's like, yeah, we don't know either. <laughs> that's what I think. You don't think Area 51 might just be that for a long time? Or do you think that's all just weapons? Area 51? Mm-hmm. I think there are bases that we don't know about that probably deals with this, yeah. this topic. I think if that was... My guess is, now to be fair, someone did run in the White House with a knife, and Joe Rogan talked about that. Very funny story. Yes, so the security isn't amazing at all places no. at all times. But, like the Greenbrier, on how, I don't know, anyone knows, you know the Greenbrier, the Greenbrier was a hotel. And during the Cold Cold War, they built a bomb shelter there that was could withstand like uh, a nuclear blast within maybe a mile or something like that, or maybe even closer. Um, and it was supposed to be where all the government, like top officials would go. So the house and the Senate, the president, etc. Mm-hmm. Now, when that got found out, because like I said, no one can always keep a secret after it was like maybe 30, 40 years that it was built or maybe even longer than that. I don't remember. Um, when that got found out, I got shut down and now you can go tour it. And I did now the same thing with area 51. I think if they were really keeping alien bodies there or whatever that they were saying they were doing, if it became such a hot topic and that was, like, the place to go, I think just based out of, like, we should probably not, like you said before, shit where we eat. <laughs> <laughs> we should move this shit and eat somewhere else. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. But it does look very unassuming, which makes it seem more assuming. You know what I mean? I want aliens to be real so bad. I don't necessarily. I do. Why? I just want the Christians to then explain them away. To be fair, God doesn't really say anything about aliens in the Bible. And I know that's going to be their first, but mom and dad are both very anti-alien, so I'm assuming a lot of conservative Christians are. Now, I'm sure they could pivot and figure something out quickly, but I would just love... I'm sure mom would just be like, that's just Satan. Those (laughs) Those are demons coming to tempt us. Someone would definitely say that. (laughs) I mean, for sure. That's what else would they be able to say? Thirty years it was kept a secret at the Greenbrier. I didn't know you toured it. Yeah, when we were there, I went with mom. That's cool. It was, uh, to be honest, not that cool. Very bland. Yeah. Was it just like a bunker? Now, to be fair, it was completely empty, and there was nothing in there. So usually they'd have food and like different, you know, to be stuff around. But, yeah, I mean, it was just a big old open area. It could fit, I think, like 535 people. Oh, wow. It was built for all 535 members of Congress, yeah. Hmm. And I remember I was also watching, that was the same 9-11 documentary. It was also talking about the Greenbrier, because I guess they would have gone there if they needed to for the event. Or maybe it wasn't that documentary, but they were talking about how they were just allowed to shoot any civilians who were coming in probably no no definitely didn't our grandparents honeymoon at the Greenbrier? i have no idea i'm I'll pretty sure they did which ones mom's parents hmm. it's a cool place i think in true mike fashion i think he rocked up without a reservation i kid you not i think he just told me the story we were <laughs> drinking but yeah and they ended up giving them the honeymoon suite, and they said they had a good weekend. 
And then they went to Florida. <laughs> Mike does what Mike does. Mike, Mike does what Mike does. Living with Grandpa, I've learned so much about our family history, but then also so much of it was tainted by Glenn Levitt. <laughs> Glenn, I, man. That I cannot confirm nor deny. When I lived with Mike, our grandfather, I lived with him for the past... Or I lived with him January through the very beginning of May this year before we came here. Um, and yeah, we were each other's roommates. And it was a blast. The man is 84 and not fit as a fiddle, but mentally fit as a fiddle. And he would come into my makeshift office every single night and be like, it's five o'clock somewhere. Let's go. And this is be like at like three thirty. Mm-hmm. And I would have to remind him that I, it was Tuesday, and that I was trying not to drink during the week. <laughs> but then I would appease him on Fridays, and we would get a fish fry at the same place. We go to the same bar, and we'd rock up to the same bar at four thirty because that's what time he likes to eat. And. He would get shammered and I would drive him home. But he told me a lot of really cool stories about our family that I would eventually like to chronicle in some way. Yeah, how's the book? I have it in, like, spurts. I have I have the chapters laid out, and I have the beginning of a lot of the stories because he would tell me things, and I'd go, like, run and write down things. But I haven't taken true strides at, like... Putting the stories together. Putting the stories together. That's interesting. It would be such a project, and I would honestly, now that I'm... I would need him, because I would butcher so much. I just, you know... But I think I have enough of the beginnings of stories where I could remind him, and I could ask him to tell it again, maybe. Retell it, yeah. You should really do is just go in there with a microphone like this. I know. I didn't think about that early enough. Podcast the whole thing. I thought how cool would it be if I could almost just like put my phone under the table at these dinners. Yeah, that would work too. I know, I know. So maybe when I'm back, I'm going to Wisconsin. I booked my flights, by the way. Did you? I'm leaving next, so not this Friday, but next Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, his, our grandfather's getting surgery on the 12th. Um, and then I'll get there on the 13th. Get the house set up. He'll come back from um, Rochester, not New York, Michigan. Didn't know there was a Michigan, but there is. And then I'll stay there that week. And then I fly to New York for three nights and then I'll be back. I missed all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, jeez. Well. All right. What are you doing this month? Working. Yeah. How much longer do you have? Two more months, including this month. So all of August and all of September. Mm-hmm. And then you're finito. Oh, my goodness. I should be getting that I know. soon. I do you want to talk one. about that? Yeah, so I might be going to Park City. Utah to be a snowboard instructor for the winter season 
Um, I got the interview, and apparently the dude said I got the job, but he's going to email me the information probably yesterday. I haven't really checked yet. I just realized it was really August. So let's just check it right now and see if he emailed me. Let's see what let's see what we, let's see what we got here. Let's do it. Um, that's not it. What are you doing, dude? We're not doing ASMR right now. Dude, wait, dude. What if elevator music was ASMR? Do you think people would just pass out in the elevator? Is that a business opportunity I'm hearing? <laughs> I think it'd freak a lot of people out. I think it would too. A lot of people who wouldn't know what that is. Yeah, maybe I still have to wait. I think he said early August, no? Yeah, he could have honestly said uh, August 1st or August 12th. <laughs> I don't really remember. Don't remember. No. He said early August, though. He said, and I didn't seem like they were super uh, convinced on their... I also feel like... it could. I mean, these types of people, just their timelines are a little yeah. lax. No, I know. I'm not really too worried about it. We'll see. Slash, can you negotiate into your contract that you get a friends and family discount on <laughs> on ski lift tickets? Probably not, no. But I might get it anyways. I'm not really sure. Could you just, like, slide that in there? <laughs> like, hey, my sister's coming with me. Could you cop her an icon pass? It's icon, right? Um, sorry, I just got an exciting opportunity from Sherman <laughs> Williams paint. <laughs> So I'm just reading this. I thought that said Williams Sonoma for a second. I thought that would have been kind of cool. They manufacture and and wait, sorry. Sherman Williams is the world leader in manufacturing and manufacturing and sale of paint. Manufacturing of paint and sale. Okay, so I see what they're trying to get there. That was a little bit of weird, uh, weird wording right there. Sherman Williams. All right, tell me this is weird. All right. Sherman Williams is a world leader. In the manufacturing and sale of paint. I guess that doesn't sound no, very weird. No, that sounds completely grammatically correct. You know, dyslex less dys- dyslexia gets to it. All right, coatings and related products. We're both dyslexic. She's a fibber. I'm not a fibber. She's a fibber. Then I'm 150 fibber. years. She's a fibber. 150 years of successfully. Just because I never got f- physically diagnosed. Uh, professionally diagnosed. Physically. I guess it's physical. Yeah, we touched her nose three times, <laughs> and it popped up in her eyelids. And what did they used to do she, to her, her, <laughs> We threw her in the water. She floated. She's less distic. This is interesting. Okay, well, sorry. I got distracted by Sherman. So, Sherman, great guy. So, I'm hungry now. Okay. Are I'm going to go to the gym. Uh, I don't want to eat alone. Go pick up a guy on the side of this road, like I did. Tony? <laughs> He's got friends. I don't want to pick up one of Tony's friends. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to go get food. Where are you going to go? Well, I really wanted Chipotle, but they're doing that BS with the ordering online, and I'm not going to chance it with them skimping me again. Go get Indian food. I got it yesterday. Go to... um. Taco del Sol, get a big boy burrito. I think they close. They close at nine, I believe. They close at nine. I think so. Ooh, I'm gonna do that then. I'm or done. you can go get some dick. I love you like peaches. Yo.
all sweet as can be. 